Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is Joe with the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. And I just wanted to apologize in advance for this podcast that I did. And also for the last several interviews that I've done, um, I've had really poor audio quality on my mic and I'm not sure what's going on, but I just want to apologize for the, uh, the static that you're hearing in my audio in this podcast. Luckily, I'm not the one doing most of the talking, right? My guests are doing most of the talking. For some reason, it's just when I record these interviews on Skype, I get the static. I'm going to have to find another way to do it. Uh, like right now, you're not hearing any static, I don't think. But so anyway, just I want you to know that I know about it and I'm going to be doing my interviews differently in the future. So my apologies. I apologize for the static. You could just skip forward. Uh, until Kathy starts talking, if you want, because she's, she's the one who said the most important things. But uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate you listening to the show. I really do. And I hope you're having a good one. Take care. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. I really am. This is something that I love to do. I've been doing since 2011, so seven years, almost eight years now. And probably this is episode 690, 690. So I'm almost to 700, which is really cool. And I have a lot of episodes that didn't even have numbers on them. So I might be already over 700. I've been doing this for a long time because I love it. I actually love interviewing people like my guest today, Kathy Kennebrook. And you know, I love interviewing Kathy because this is now the third time that I've had her on my podcast. I had her on back in April of 2012, six years ago. And then I also had her again um, three years after that in October of 2015. And I'm, I'm going to suspect we're going to talk about direct mail again, <laughs> because that's what Kathy is best known for. But we're also going to be talking about more uh, marketing in general, because Kathy is just a, a wealth of knowledge and a ton of experience in the business. She's been at it for a long time. And I love having people that are seasoned investors on the show talking about what they've, you know, because they've been there and they've done that. They've seen it happen. They've seen the ups and the downs and they're still in the business. I was reading a book by somebody that I won't uh, say who, but um, if you don't know what I'm saying, then I've got nothing for you. <laughs> did, that, did that tell you who the what book I'm talking about is it's a really good book. It's a, it's a book called wholesaling. And he says, <clears throat> the title of the book is like everything you need to know about wholesaling. Or if you can't wholesale after this, then I've got nothing for you. I don't even know the guy's name. Super nice guy though, but he's still in his twenties and he got started in the business. I don't know, five years ago, six years ago after the market was already coming up. So this is a guy and there's a lot of guys out there that have a ton of experience, done a ton of deals but they've not been through the ups and downs of the market cycles. I want to bring to you folks on this podcast who have seen the valleys, have seen the mountain peaks and are still standing around weathering the storm and are still doing deals today. So first, before I start uh, talking to Kathy here, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by my book. 
It's brought to you by this book I wrote called Wholesaling Lease Options, Discovering the Fastest and Easiest Way to Make Money in Real Estate Today. It's all about flipping lease options. You can get it for free at wlobook.com. I've already printed a bunch of them. Just pay for the shipping. I'll send it on over to you. wlobook.com. I'm getting great comments and feedback on this book. It's put a lot of time into it to really condense everything and make it super concise. You can get through this whole book in about an hour or two max if you're a slow reader. I have just like, man, it's amazing. I'm looking at it right now. I kind of walk through my calculators and my scripts and my contracts and my checklists and all this good stuff. If you've not got this book yet, get it now, wlobook.com. And by the way, I will be coming out with a new book soon. Some of you, if you've been following me for a long time, you remember I wrote a book called Brilliant at the Basics about four or five years ago. I'm going to be updating it and re-releasing it. None of my books I put on Amazon, so you can't get them there. Uh, But this book, Brilliant at the Basics, will be really, really good. And I'm going to be updating it because there's a lot to have to update since then. And that'll be coming out soon, so stay tuned for that. One final thing. I want to read you some reviews. I appreciate all you guys that are leaving reviews in iTunes, and I just want to read a few of them here. Uh, This is one from Edwin3000. Hopefully I've not read this before yet, but I'm going to read it again anyway. Uh, Thanks for your podcast, Joe. I listened to several podcasts about real estate, and yours is one of the best. I appreciate all the valuable information you gave. I look forward to hearing more. Thank you, Edwin3000. This is a GA investor. This is an awesome podcast that focuses on the basics of real estate investing. Joe teaches you to start, which is, teaches you just to start, which is the key part in being successful in real estate. Thank you, GA Investor. Appreciate that. And this is from The Speciales. Five stars. One of the best around, he says. I can't say enough about how great Joe and his team are. If you're serious about truly learning the business of real estate, why not learn from one of the best? I appreciate all the reviews, guys. And please, again, go to, real, go to iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know you like the show. And also go to Stitcher. I have a lot of reviews in Stitchers. I probably should read those as well. If you maybe listened on Google Play, appreciate the reviews. Okay, so good. Kathy Kennebrook, how are you? Good, I am here. <laughs> and I'm Thanks glad for listening to, to my again. long uh, monologue intro. Not, not a problem at all. They need to have that. And they need what we're going to be covering today because we're getting ready to move into a brand new year and a kind of new market. And mm-hmm. so we have a lot of good stuff to talk about. I want to encourage you all listening to this to go back and listen to if you just go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and do a search for Kathy, Kathy with a K, you'll see the interview I did with her back in October of 2015 and the other one back in one in April of 2012. Even though those podcasts are old, they're still relevant and we are still using the same marketing tactics and things like that that we talked about back then and they still work, which is awesome. Kathy, when did you get started in real estate? Almost 20 years ago. Time is flying. Yeah, I've been been at this about 20 years. So the late Um, 90s. Yeah, late 90s. And you're absolutely right. What we're going to be talking about today is something that will work for the longevity. And this is what we've been doing in our business for the last 17, 18 years now. Mm -hmm. I wish there was a me when I got started. (laughs) I wish I knew then what I know now kind of thing, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and there's just, 
the direct mail marketing, which is primarily what we're going to be talking about today, is one of the major tools out there that will continue to bring them deal after deal after deal after deal, no matter what your real estate market is doing. That's right. And there's almost no other marketing technique out there with that kind of history, longevity, and success. Nice. And so talk about your business today. What does it look like today? A lot different than it did 10 years ago, yeah. um, which is one of the things that's really cool about the direct mail marketing and the type of marketing that we're going to be talking about today. Because as you get older and your life changes, your marketing, your strategies, and your business are going to change. So years ago, and probably when you and I talked in 2012, I was probably doing you know, 10, 12, 15 deals a month and, and all of that sort of thing. And I don't do that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I'm old. And, and I'm greedy. <laughs> uh-huh. um, we don't wholesale much anymore because I'm old and I'm greedy. And then the other thing, we're doing fewer deals now, but with much higher dollar uh, profits. Okay. So I'm playing in the middle into higher, and middle in for me is like half a million. Um, and then we play probably half a million up to a million and a half in my market here in Florida. And those houses for me simply mean bigger paychecks, you know, more mm-hmm. zeros, more dollars. Yeah. And so we're doing fewer deals with bigger dollars. So I'm probably doing 14, 15, 16 deals a year, but with much bigger paychecks. Nice. So what, if you don't mind me asking, what is a typical paycheck? On one of these deals. And so are you, and are you rehabbing them and and selling them on the retail market? Little of everything. It depends on how the deal comes at us, Joe, as you, as you well know. So sometimes we go in, we buy, fix up and retail. Other times, if the house is cosmetically impaired, we buy, we buy and do work for equity. And then I'm still buying and renting. And a lot of some of that has to do with how the deals come, and some of that has to do with how the money comes. I'm working with, for example, a private lender, and most of my deals come from private lending. I'm working with a private lender right now who is a major foundation. The major foundation is funding an orphanage, and the nut, my payments, my interest payments, pay their monthly payment on the orphanage every month. So their demand is I'm not allowed to flip. I have to hold. So it also mm. partly depends on how the money comes. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason they do that is because they need that money income, that monthly income in order to, to create what they need to pay that, to pay the, all their payments that have to do with that orphanage. So cool. it has, yeah. So it has to do with how the deals come and how the money comes. By, by the way, did you say cosmetically challenged? Yes. <laughs> I love that. As opposed that- to structurally challenged. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a, a the latest politically correct phrase I've had. Instead of ugly house, it's cosmetically challenged. Yes. Well, it's good. All right. Because none of them are ugly. They just need stuff. Well, and we don't want to offend all the ugly people out there either, do we? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was good to see you. I saw you about a month ago in Ohio. Yeah. And um, at the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association convention, which was really yeah. cool. It was a good event. It was. And I got to teach a full day there, which was amazing. Yeah. All right. So, Kathy, I wanted to ask you, too, about you've seen the market cycles. I kind of alluded to it at the beginning. I'd rather get my advice from a seasoned veteran that has seen the ups and the downs, right, than somebody who has only seen the ups and has no idea what it's like to see the market correct. So you've you've been through a couple cycles at least. Yes, absolutely. Complete up and down cycles. Oh yeah. Uh, what um and you survived 
I mean, obviously, oh, I'm sure you have some cuts and bruises, right? Well, no, I don't. Not at all. Because okay. I, I plan constantly. And, mm-hmm. and folks, if you put a plan in place, if you build a business plan and you don't get crazy and buy the first yacht that you see and the first BMW that you see or whatever that is, we have always had separate funds in place to cover any kind of shortfalls anywhere. So we bought some buy and hold. So even though we're holding and the market is crashing or doing whatever the market is doing, people still need to live somewhere and my rentals are solid, always solid. So that's not been a problem for us. And as a matter of fact, my market fluctuates in a sort of different way than some of the other markets because not only do we have the fluctuations in the market, but I'm in the hurricane capital of the world. So we see other kinds of fluctuations also, because you get a, a portion of Florida, for example, like the Panhandle that got hit by a hurricane, now those people have to live somewhere. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm crunching to find as many rentals as I can because we got people coming in. When that happened in Houston, we had people coming into Florida from Houston. We need some place to live. We need some place to live. And so my market fluxes in a lot of different ways. Besides what the market is doing, it's also what the weather is doing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So we've got some really interesting fluctuations. But one of the things that I've always done is we've always planned, besides, you know, putting money aside for your, 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 um, you know, your mortgage payments and your, uh, your taxes and, and insurance and all of those kinds of things. And, and guys, take the time to insure your properties. Don't play that game. Hmm. I have friends that like love, love playing Russian roulette because they don't want to play a lousy grand a year to protect their property. I've had two fires, let me tell you insure the dang things. Yeah. We made money on those babies. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, I'm just saying, I know we're a little off topic at the moment, but um, so what we've always done is we've always had separate funds put aside to kind of cover us. Mm. If we got into a situation where the market was fluctuating in a way that like I got stuck holding a property for longer than I wanted to, or, and that actually recently happened. We had a pro, you know, my properties are a week and you know, I'm done with the rehab. It's on the market a week later. It's sold. That's my norm, you know, because we put out a super quality product. I don't play games. You know, everything is done. They can move in. They're ready to move in. There's nothing to be done. They fly through inspections. And I had one sit on the market for three months, and I about choked. That's never happened. Not in, in 18 years, that's never happened. And and uh, so we added, you know, extra carrying costs and insurance and taxes and all of that. But we were prepared, and I had the extra money put aside, and it's no big deal. Yeah. And that profit, that property, obviously, is going to be way profitable for us, and it is. So I've got plenty of room. Well, that's good to know. And, and people need to think about that, having, being smart and treating this like a business. Exactly. I mean, just take a little bit of money out of each deal that you do and a mm-hmm. little bit of money out of every rent you get every month. And my husband calls it the disappearing savings account. I mean, that's what, you know, it disappeared, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't get used. It's a reserve and it doesn't get used for anything else but a crunch. Mm-hmm. And and if more, I mean, I had a friend of mine that lost 400 properties in the last the last time the property that that we had that flux in the market. He lost 400 properties locally wow. where I live. Unbelievable. And it's just you know, but he had this beautiful yacht and he drove these beautiful cars and he lived in this amazing huge. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, you, you still wow. got it. Playing is fine. I mean, we travel and we play and we do all kinds of things, but you still got to make sure that you're planning for your business. Mm-hmm. That's good to have and know. The did your strategies change though, and how you 
found deals that did you did you change anything with your marketing or have you always been just sticking with tried and true direct mail I have okay so primarily it's direct mail I have 15 different direct mail marketing campaigns that we do. Each are targeted to a specific type of seller who is much more likely to want to work with us. So while I'm still staying in the arena primarily of direct mail, I am still really honing in on the markets and on the targeted sellers to bring me the types of deal I'm looking for in my business. So, for example, if I'm looking for luxury and high-dollar properties, I have specific direct mail campaigns that are targeted that way. If I'm looking for some more, you know, junkers that I want to get in their retail, you know, fix up retail, I have direct mail campaigns that are much more specifically honed toward that homeowner. For example, vacant properties, out-of-state owners, quit-claim deeds, estates, those types of properties where I live here in Florida bring me a much higher number of really good deals. And one of the things that I always tell my students, as you are beginning your direct mail marketing, as you are beginning all of your marketing in your business, the first thing you need to do is look at your demographic. What kind of demographic do you live in? Are you industrial? Do you have people that are being transferred all the time? Are you in a military area? Are you in, you know, a senior type of an area like I am? So a lot of my direct mail has to do with senior homeowners, out-of-state owners, estate probate properties, those types of things, because that's where my high numbers are. Mm-hmm. So the biggest, one of the biggest things that any investor needs to do, no matter how experienced or how new you are, look at that demographic and see what you got. I have folks that live in military area, new students. As a matter of fact, we, we picked up a bunch of students in Ohio and they were like blown away. You know, I'm a military person. I'm in the army. I'm, I'm, you know, this or that. I never thought about doing that. And now I got a leg up. So there are people that just aren't thinking about the types of marketing that I'm doing to bring in these really highly motivated sellers. Okay. Where do you see the market going forward from now? I mean, you, you see it in Florida is in a lot of ways, a leading indicator for the rest of the country. What what do you see? Probably us in California, maybe. Um, For us, it is becoming a buyer's market. There are higher numbers of properties that are for sale right now. And it is, at least in my area, it is turning to where it's becoming kind of a buyer's market and prices are coming down a little bit. So what that's going to make me do is it's going to make me adjust. It's going to make me adjust what I'm doing in my business. So I'm going to be doing a little bit more buy and hold right now as opposed to buying and retailing. However, if you buy the prop, if you're buying and retailing and you're in a buyer's kind of a market, if you buy right and you do your rehab right and you make your property the, the, the height of the properties in that dollar range, your properties are still going to sell quick. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, and you just do just a little, you know, some tweaky stuff to them. The biggest thing that I do to my properties to make them red, really ready for the market, much more than anybody else that I know, is my properties are ready to go. The roofs are perfect. The uh, appliances are perfect. Electrical is updated. The termite treatment is done. These are things inspectors are looking for. If I can fly through an inspection, I'm, re- I'm ready to rock. The property I'm selling right now, we had a cover missing on an electric in the attic one cover that was it that's the only thing that showed up on the inspection and my guys missed it you know it was like oops but five minutes done and we're ready to close so can we go through an example here maybe just hypothetical 
the market's okay. starting to slow down, starting to become more of a buyer's market. If you're looking at a potential deal and you want to make an offer on it, and let's say the, um, you know, six months ago, this house would have sold for $400,000, but things are starting to slow down. What are you basing your after repair values on? Six months ago, it, was, it would have sold for $400,000. Depends on if I'm going to keep it or, or flip it. If I'm going to retail and if I'm going to fix up in retail, then I'm looking conservatively at what the values are now. And my offer is going to be based on what that is. Okay. If I'm going to hold this property, because I do lease options too. If yeah. I'm going to lease option the property, that gives me a little bit more room to move. If I'm going to hold that property as a rental for a bit, that gives me a little more room to move. If I'm doing work for equity, that gives me a little bit more room to move because I have more time. And I have mm -hmm. more time for that market to start climbing again. All right. Let's say you want to just fix and flip. Okay. So then my, my offer is going to be a conservative offer based on what the market is doing now. Because for me, a fix and flip is only a total of probably three months. Sure. From the so time six I months ago, the time we do the rehab and the time we close. Okay. So six months ago, that property was selling for $400,000. Right now, you're seeing active properties that haven't sold in a couple months for $400,000. Right. What would you do? How, how would you, like just approximately, what would you be thinking the, you'd be trying to sell it for in three months when your rehab is done? Okay. So I'm going to come in around the 350, 360 mark, probably again, okay. doing stuff to the house that makes mine the most special one in that price range. So you're going to, yeah, you're going to be the cheapest, nicest house when you list exactly. it. Yep, that's the way I did it before. Yeah. But and, and all of that was calculated at the time I bought the property. And then if I get lucky in it and the and you know, and, and this has happened. This ha the last time we had that adjustment happen, say I bought a property, took us about three months to rehab it, and the the market went the other way. It started going back up again in the middle of the rehab. So by the time we were done, we ended up making twenty five, thirty grand more on that house than we ever planned because the market started to shift again the other way. And mm -hmm. we caught it at, at the beginning of the upshift. It was like I, we were we were we, we we were blown away. And it was a nice. And that particular home was a nice middle range home. Uh, it was about two hundred thousand, which is a nice mid range home where I live. Yeah, and you also got to think about multiple exit strategies too, don't you? Absolutely. Like, you know, if you rehab this house and you can't sell it, are you going to be sunk? Or do you have other exactly. options? You always have to have other options, yeah. And and for me, that would be a lease, um, a lease option scenario. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I may take a high-end renter and rent, and rent a property sometimes. And I've had that happen where I, you know, and, and I'm real careful. I mean, my rentals, gosh, Joe, I've had rentals that I've had the same tenant. Literally, I had, I've got one property right now that I've had the same tenant in there for 16 years. Wow. I had another property that, and your business never goes the way you expect it to. I had a, a person who lease optioned a property for me in 2000. Okay, so at the beginning of my business, I was a little green, wasn't positive about what I was doing exactly, and we lease optioned that property. They exercised their option and closed in January of 2016, 16 years later. Wow, really? How much of my mortgage <laughs> they paid off? <laughs> wow. And she cash flowed beautifully. She was cash flowing at like 450, 450 a month. Very it was good. awesome. Yeah. So it, yeah, I mean, the whole thing with the market adjustment, you just got to be really careful about what you're doing. 
What makes you decide whether to buy and hold a property or to fix and flip it? Um, it depends on the property, and it depends again on where my money is coming from, and how, and and who's yelling at me for you know, get that money back out there. Um, in fact, we're closing on one next week, and the private lender called me last night yelling, "You better have another deal in your pipeline." Like I'm already there, just chill. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so part of it depends on how the property comes, and part of it depends on how the um, how the money comes, and it also depends on what my personal business is looking like at that particular moment. Like if I pick up, you know, three or four or five new ones that I'm holding, then I may turn around and retail a couple of my older ones because okay. I, I have a huge sure. rental portfolio also, and all my rentals are gorgeous. I, I don't have garbage. I'm not a slumlord. I don't play that game. Don't play there. My our our motto in our business is I won't rent a house that I wouldn't live in myself if I needed to. Yeah. And I've always always done that, and we've always had primo rentals, and we've always had primo tenants. I mean, I, my tenants stay with us four, five, six, eight years. I would I would say probably fifteen percent maybe have bought the homes. In fact, I had one of my tenants call me three days ago. What do I have to do to buy this? And he's been in there four years. Yeah. So you just renew the lease with them. Let them stay. Why not? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. in this particular, yeah, my and and that's a whole nother seminar. But my lease is auto renew, so I don't have to go resign new leases and all that nonsense. We send them a letter that basically says your lease is re uh, is auto renewing. Here's the date. Here's your new your new rent. Um, my lease is auto renew at six percent every year. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about like what. What kind of, when you're looking at a deal, Kathy, and you, you mentioned lease options, I love lease options. What are some of the criteria you're looking at, minimum criteria on, a, on a, whether you do a lease option on a house or not? So I work with a really, really great set of mortgage brokers. And that's another thing in your business. You got to put your dream team together and we'll talk about that in a second. So I let that mortgage broker take a look at what their credit looks like. Um, and if they have credit issues, not worried about that. Long as there's no criminal, long as there's solid employment, long as their previous rental history is good, those are the things that are going to make me lease option to that person. One of the other things that, that we have done in our business is that we have a team put together. And on the, on, the, on the sell side of our business, I have three realtors who work with us all the time. And one of those realtors works really tightly with a mortgage broker. So that mortgage broker, whenever one of the realtors finds a potential buyer, but they're not ready to buy yet because whatever their credit issue is, she works with them, gets that credit fixed. So now she's got a list of buyers for our properties. Right. So now I have the buyer in place before I have the property in place. And so that's something else that we've done. Yeah. I guess I was specifically looking when you're negotiating with the seller. Oh. Um, or, or, or let me rewind even more. Are you talking about when you lease option a property? You, yeah, I was you, talking about when are, I lease option a property to a person. Ah, okay, okay. Do you ever buy properties on lease options? Absolutely. We, okay. we buy them on a lease option that sort of converts to a subject to at whatever point. It's okay, an interest. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting concept and we do it all the time. So what kind of cash flow and equity do you need in a deal like that? Um, I'd like a cash flow of at least like three fifty to four hundred a month or I'm really not willing to play. Yeah. You know, I'm just and and then um I, I am never any more than sixty five to seventy percent into a deal. 
65, 70%. Correct. And that's after repair value, 65 to 70% after repair value. Top might be 72, 73%. Two reasons yeah. for that. One, I'm looking for a profit. And two, I'm always interested in protecting my private lender's interest. Mm-hmm. But again, that's, we, we play with integrity. I, I don't, I don't mess with anybody. I mean, we've been doing this 20 years, and, and I there's not a single private lender out there who wouldn't throw money at me. Yeah. Literally. I mean, and, and the other thing that one of the things that I do, one of the direct mail campaigns that I do is a direct mail campaign that is specifically targeted at attorneys and specific types of attorneys who are more likely to work with us, like bankruptcy, family law, estate and probate, those types of attorneys. And what happens is we create the relationships with the attorneys, then the attorneys start bringing us deals. But what happens is these attorneys know folks who have money they need to lend. And so I end up getting new private lenders. My CPA is the same way. He's like one of the biggest CPAs in the country. And he's brought us tons of private lenders over the years because he knows we don't play with people. Yeah. So that, you know, that's all part of your business. So when I'm doing the, the direct mail, I pick a direct mail campaign that's specific to the types of deals that I'm looking for in my business. And and again, there's, there's several of them. Um, out-of-state owners, the quick claim deeds, estates, pre-foreclosures. We're still doing pre-foreclosures. Multifamily properties, I like those. Vacants, obviously. Um, expired listings, getting the deed, the zip code mailer, the military transfers, free and clear properties, inherited, uh, senior homeowners. And the other part of that, Joe, is that I like to be able to buy properties and let my students buy, uh, be able to buy properties that they don't need to figure out where their money's coming from. Mm-hmm. So if they take the property subject to, or they're doing wholesaling and they're going to, you know, wholesale it over or how, you know, however they're going to take that property, I'd like to leave them room and me um, to buy properties where I don't have to worry about where the money's coming from. So we do quite a few subject to also. Okay, nice. And we're still playing and in, in playing in that market. And I love that because then the mortgage isn't in my name at all. But again, those payments are always made on time, and I don't play with those people's credit. And that's another way that we end up getting referrals for more properties. I have one lady we did a subject to. Two of her family members have sold us properties as on subject twos, her sister and her brother-in-law. Oh, really? Yeah, to her one sister and then her other sister's husband, who was there. she passed away, and he has the house anyway. So, yeah, so we actually get referrals from the folks that we do subject twos with because we don't play. Mm-hmm. You know, every, you know, everything is done right. All the paperwork is done correctly. We make their payments on time. We don't play with their insurance payments or any of that stuff. Nice. Okay. So that's it's kind of the way that I that I like to do the 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 you know the the primary part of my marketing. And then we get a lot of other leads from other types of marketing that we're doing that nobody thinks about. Um, in my system, I talk about a lot of unique stuff that nobody does. For example, mm-hmm. we buy properties from auction houses. And I'm talking about the auction house where you go on Friday or Saturday night and buy stuff. And, yeah. and I've, I worked in that industry for many years, so I know it like the back of my hand. And what happens is heirs will inherit a house and it's full of stuff. And then they consign the stuff to the auction house and the auction house sells the stuff and cuts them a check, you know, for their part. And now there's an empty house sitting there. Well, the auction house doesn't do that. So the auction house will call me and say, hey, I got these people, 
you know, why don't you give them a call? And we buy houses that way. So the auction houses are bringing me leads on a consistent basis that I'm not paying anything for to get until I close on the property. Nice. Same thing. All my vendors, the same way. My roofer, my roofer brings me a deal a month easily. My son is a cable is is a cable guy, and he's installing and taking cable out of people's houses. He brings me deals. So oh. and, and so we that's and a great we pay, idea. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And so I cover a lot of that stuff that a lot of people just aren't doing, and that's a really great free way to get leads coming in. Gosh, talk talk to your mailman. I mean, mm-hmm. I get leads from my mailman all the time. There, there's a lot of really good ways to find the leads that none of your competitors are finding or looking for. No, that's good. All right. So I know we've talked before about the different types of direct mail that you send. Very different. It's unique. Can you talk a little bit about that again? Like what, what are some of the different types of mail that you send that make you stand out? Okay. One of the things that I do that nobody in the world does, unless they're one of my students, is I have specific direct mail campaigns that they can choose from depending on the types of deals they're looking for and the demographic that they live in. Then within the body of the letter, I tell the seller exactly what I want them to do. So I have a response mechanism in there that tells the seller what I want them to do and what information I need in order to determine whether or not there's a deal there to be made. So when the responses from the sellers hit my desk, they're already pre-screened. 90% of the sellers that I work with do not pick up a phone and call me. They are responding to me by mail, email, and fax. And part of the reason for that is because I'm asking the sellers to send me photographs. I just got a deal in on my desk five days ago, and I'm working with the seller right now. The seller sent me a copy of their deed, which I didn't ask for. They sent me a plat map, which I didn't ask for. They sent me a two-page letter telling me everything about the property since the grandfather built it and eight photographs of the property inside and out. Hmm. Is that a motivated seller? Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) <laughs> and part of that comes from the fact, and that's, so that's what I'm saying. And so this really helps out our newbies a lot. And my newbies love this because, you know, they don't really like talking to people that much. And then they procrastinate and things like that. So when they getting the responses from the sellers, they're already pre-screened. They're on their desk. They're in writing. And so they can look at them and read them and go, oh yeah, that's a deal. Oh, that's a waste of my time or, or whatever. They can look right at it and see that. And nobody does that. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's part of the reason I will never do a postcard for for a seller, because I can't get all the information I want on there, and people sort their their mail over the trash can, the first thing to go are the postcards. So I've never, I don't do that. It needs to be a letter. And then I talk a lot about spacing and font size and all of that, because in my world, at least, and you know, most places, there's senior homeowners and you've got to, you know, space it in a way that, that that's easy, you know, where you change thoughts from paragraph to paragraph and a good font size so they can see it. And then you give them that response mechanism so they can give you the answer to your questions. If you want to really shoot up your, your response rates to your direct mail campaigns, add a flat pen. A flat pen will go through normal uh, mail channels at the normal postage rate, so there's no special postage, no special amounts, or anything like that. So now they have the pen in their hand to fill out the response mechanism and either mail it back to me, fax it to me, or email it to us. That's cool. Yeah. And are you still getting a lot of people faxing them to you? About You know, I get that question a lot. Nobody faxes anymore. Yes, they do. Um, about 10%, and I don't want to throw that 10% away. 
We track. We track everything, Joe. All of our responses and where they're coming from and every single mailing and how many response rates did we get and, you know, how many. And and that's the other thing, too, is I work with premium list workers. That's the other part of the equation. You've got to have a really great letter. You've got to have a really great list. Those two are, are, are the backbone of your business as yeah, far as good. direct mail marketing. And so we work with really premium list workers. And so we test and test and test and test. We just brought in some brand new resources, some really killer list brokers. So we just got some really great new resources for some list brokers that I'm really excited about. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, well, okay. So most of my list brokers are direct mail campaign specific. So I have a direct mail campaign who brings us the inherited properties. I have another, uh, I'm sorry, another list broker who handle, who gets us the military transfers. Okay. I also teach my students how to go down to their property appraiser's office or assessor's office and use specific criteria to bring them the highest number of motivated sellers. And so a lot of the times they can simply get the majority of the lists from their property appraiser's office or their assessor's office, whatever that's called, where they live or where, you know, in my world, it's property appraiser's office. So I go down to my property appraiser's office once a year, for example, my out-of-state owner list, and I have very specific criteria that I use to hone in and bring me the most highly qualified sellers. And we go down there because if you call them on the phone, they're going to blow you off. But we go down there, we talk to a supervisor, and they create the list for us. And it's a list you're going to reuse for a year because the other part of the strength of your business comes from residual. The more residual mailings you do, the higher your response rate gets. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. you're gently touching the seller with your message and with your marketing and with your integrity and with your credibility. I got a letter from a guy, a house that we bought a couple months ago, and he said, okay, so I've gotten like four letters from you in the last 18 months, so apparently you've been in business for a while, now buy my house. Okay, and we did. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that, really so those, are, those are all the major pieces, the right list, the right letter, and residual mailings. Okay. Um. I was going to ask you, how can people get those lists? But I'm assuming you're going to say they need to buy your course. Am I well, right? No, th that's, a part, that's part of it. And the other way to get those lists is go to the property appraiser's office. Now, the only problem with that, the only problem with you asking me that question is I have 15 different direct mail campaigns and yeah. every one of them has different criteria. So we would take about an hour or more just on that. Well, yeah. And, and I didn't, it's it's important. I've seen your courses. I was I was trying to lead into <laughs> why people should get your course. Um, oh well, yeah, because, and and okay. So if I'm allowed to go there, yeah. So 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 in so what I do in my system, Joe, is all of the direct mail campaigns stand completely alone in the manuals with all the directions that you need to do each one. So it's not like all over the place. So for example, if you want to do the out of state owner mailing, you pull that section. You take the criteria page and you take it to the property appraiser's office or the list broker. They send you the list, and then the person who's doing the mailings for you is ready with all the directions that they need to do that mailing. So, so yeah. the other thing that I've done is if you're a newbie investor and you're starting by yourself, 
and you want to do 50 letters a week, you can do them yourself. And that's how I started. I mean, literally on Friday night, it was, are we buying pizza or are we buying stamps? That's the way it was back then. So you can do them yourself or you can hire someone yourself to do the mailings for you. Or you can use one of the companies that I have contracted who will do the mailings for you. And so if you want to do like 50 letters a week or 100 letters a week, we got that. Or if you want to do 1,000 letters a month, I got that too. Okay. So, so we have all of those. So, so again, my system becomes something that you are going to use for the long term. So you can flex with your business and you can start out like doing letters yourself and then hire somebody or use one of the companies. So we give you lots of different ways to incorporate my system into their business, no matter where they are in their business and no matter what their market is doing. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. And then, well, how can people get a hold of you, Kathy? Okay. So what they can do is they actually, what I did was I built a special page for you. Um, that's the way we did it last time. And it was, it was just so really awesome. Um, oh, yeah. and I did a really special deal for your folks too. Um, we're uh-huh. doing almost bit down. We're doing almost $9,000 in bonuses for them. Oh, wow. So if they go on my regular website or they Google me anywhere else, they're not going to find the deal that you and I are doing. Yeah. And I do that because of the longevity that you and I have. And because you've got some amazing, amazing students in your system and in your group there. So they just www.marketingmagiclady.com slash Joe. And that will bring them to the page, to the landing page that we're doing for the special offer that they're doing for you. Or they can call my office, which is 941-792-5390. So 941-792-5390 or www.marketingmagiclady.com slash Joe. And that lays out like the whole offer and and what all is included. And it, it lays out all the direct mail campaigns for them and all that. Okay. So they can right. really they can really kind of see what we've been talking about. I'm looking here. It looks really good. Oh, thank you. you oh, have, yeah, that's right. You have two main courses, Marketing Magic 1 and 2, which I have, which are amazing. They're really, really good. Correct. And um, the thing that I liked about what you taught, Kathy, and the reason why I wanted you on this podcast is just that you give a lot of examples. And it's, it's a very simple process to go through. And it's right. not... The thing I liked about it was it's not just theory. It's not just, okay, um, this is how deals are supposed to work. But like you dive right in to the meat and potatoes and you don't spend, you know, hours and pages talking about mindset and things like that. Right. The other thing too, Joe, that nobody else does out there except you uh, and me is they have me at their disposal for a full year. And I don't Mm. blow them off and I don't hand them off to somebody else. They have me by email for a full year to answer any marketing question that they run into. I have one gentleman who who invested in my course in Ohio, and he emails me at least twice a day just because he doesn't want to read. No. <laughs> I, right. I, I did, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, and, 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 and I am, and a matter of fact, he sent me an email the other night and he goes, I can't believe how fast you answer my questions. Um, so I, you know, I check my email several times a day when I'm traveling. I have an iPad with me all the time, and, you know, a tablet, and I just open it up and check and, and answer my student questions. Um, mm-hmm. I am all about their success. I, I I wish there was a me when I started, and that's what I'm all about, is, is truly helping them to be successful. 
And so that's something else that, that I offer is that they do have me for a full year by email to answer whatever question that they have with regard to the marketing that they're working on. Yep. And they get tickets to a boot camp. They Can do. You talk about that. Um, okay. So that is the Millionaire Jumpstart Boot Camp, and that is with Lewis Brown. I don't know if you if you know Lou or not. Um, yeah, baby. I t- I teach. Yes, exactly. I That's have what he teaching, says all the time. If, if you guys yes, didn't he does. Know. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, I have been teaching his millionaire dealmaker bootcamp marketing day for 13 years. Hmm. March of 2019 will be 13 years. Wow. And so we have a wonderful relationship and his, what he teaches works perfectly with what I do. And so what they are getting is the Millionaire Jumpstart Bootcamp. It's a three-day intensive. It is not a sellathon. He does not bring in other speakers. There are like 40, 45 people in the room because it's one-on-one. They learn how to do land trusts. They learn how to do contracts. They learn exit strategies. They actually role play. I mean, it's really an intensive. So that is so perfect with my marketing. Now you've got, and bring your deals. If you've got potential deals you're working on, bring them. And that really, that really helps a lot. So it really gives them a solid foundation as far as the way they're going to buy the properties, the contracts they'll be using, the land trusts, all of that, you know, the entities that they'll be buying in and all of that kind of stuff. It's killer. It's such a good marriage with what I do. And I will tell you, if you know Lou Brown, you know he's the cheapest man on earth. <laughs> and he, seriously, he really, the, the boot camp is $1,997. And he really, really limits the number of them that I'm allowed to, to do with okay. every event and, and each podcast that I do. So we have um, just a few for your folks. Um, I'm trying to see how many he let me have here. What did we say? Uh, 12 people. That's what I got. So they need to be one of the first 12 folks. So if their order goes through, they're one of the first 12 folks. Okay. Yeah. So they need to jump on there and do that. And then we've got a lot of a, a lot of other really really awesome bonuses for them as well. They also get my my personal resource kit, which yeah. is all of the resources that I use in my business every single day, and I have negotiated discounted pricing for them on everything. So there's okay. like hard money lending in there. There's list, the list brokers are in there. The companies that'll do the mailings. There's discounted pricing on all their other marketing stuff, which we didn't get into. Not only are there all the direct mail marketing techniques, but there it, the, there are also 24 additional marketing tech, techniques in my system and samples of all of those. Okay, nice. So, well, so, yeah, I've never it, seen anybody give. I, I've never seen anybody give more. Um, examples than you do. <laughs> and I appreciate a, that. Yeah. I mean, I, I want them to learn. I want them to understand how powerful direct mail marketing is. I mean, it, it just is. Yeah. And it has That's been good. for a very long time. So, All right. Well, Kathy, good. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, marketingmagiclady.com slash Joe. And you are giving a significant discount here. I've noticed this is, which is nice. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm it. also doing the $500 discount for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, guys, I've known Kathy for a long time. She's the real deal. She's still doing deals. She yeah. still practices what she teaches. And this stuff has been working for a long time and it's working now and it'll be working for a long time in the future. Oh yeah, so absolutely. Go, yeah. Go go get it, marketingmagiclady.com slash Joe. 
And again, if you want show notes on this podcast, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, get the show notes. And uh, Kathy, I can't believe you gave your phone number out. Can you give that one more time? 941-792-5390. If they have any specific questions that they, that they, you know, that'll make them more comfortable with their investment, or if there's anything that we didn't cover that they'd like to cover, I'm all over that. So yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Kathy, thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on again. I know it's been a while and it was so good to see you in November and I'm so glad we're getting to do this call. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, sir. See you. Bye-bye.